Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes, in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Welcome back to your brain on weird. I'm Sage and I'm Sam and this is our podcast about ghosts and sometimes cults and cryptids and UFOs and I'm missing a lot. There's a lot Just I'm missing. Anything weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then we end each episode with some cannabis knowledge. We call it medication. It's medicinal. What? Medic- medicinal education? Yeah. That sounds that sounds cool. I think that was what it was. But uh, we came up with it so long ago. Yeah, but it's catchy. It's catchy. It's catchy. So catch these hands <laughs> of knowledge. Of knowledge. Whoa. <sighs> and then also Orion sometimes in the background. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you, Sam? I am great. I went out to breakfast this morning. <gasps> nice. We ate outside, and it was very lovely, and I chugged a bunch of coffee. Wow. And that sounds great. Yeah, and it was, like, really nice. So that was really nice. And then I got home, and then I chugged even more coffee. So let's go. Yes. And besides that, I'm fine. Good. Busy fucking month ahead. Oh, boy. So I'm a little stressed about that, but overall, excited. Yay. Well, that's good. 100. 100. 100. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, right on time. Well, there's a door that's closed, so he's upset. No closed, no closed doors. No doors. He's so upset. <sighs> my poor small child. Big cat. Here comes a big cat. Oh boy. Oh big God. Oh cat. God. Hello, well, I am Puff. Puff, look at all those feet. All right. All right. Okay, well. Love that. How are you doing? <sighs> I am very tired. I've had a pretty crazy last few days. I'm just like trying to get lots of things done. Um, but other than that, I'm good. I'm going camping for the next two nights. So right after we're done, I'm going to, like, pack all my stuff, and then we're going camping. And there's going to be a meteor shower, so I'm stoked about that. Yeet. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Hopefully it's not too smoky for you to see the sky. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, we're going to be in, like, middle of nowhere, Maine. So, like, I feel pretty okay about it, but we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yes. I'm stoked for that. Well, it's beautiful here, so hopefully the weather will stay nice. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I think it was supposed to rain this morning, so like maybe by the time we get there, it'll be fine. But I just want to get there before the sun goes down, so that we can set up our tent. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's I'm just a little stressed out about that. Yeah, it'll yeah. be the fine. The sun doesn't go down until like eight. eight. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've also had a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee and one big bong hit. It's also like 
10.50 in the morning. Yeah. I took one bong hit and I was like, great. <laughs> this is great. This is great. <laughs> Wake and bake. Except I've been awake so long. Already. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, woe is me. Oh, that's how I felt yesterday. I got up at like eight yesterday, which is very early for me. Mm-hmm. But then I went to the farm and I pulled up weeds for like two hours. And that was great because it wasn't too hot this time because I yes, went early. Good. So I used my brain. <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't wait until mid-afternoon to go and pull weeds up. Yeah. Mm. But I, oh, I, I uh, didn't get a before picture. But I did get an after picture. So maybe Yay! maybe I'll send that to you. I would love to see it. I was very proud. I did I did a thing to the herb garden, Allie's herb garden. So last time I, last time I was there I did one half and this time I went and finished the other side. So Wow. That looks great. Thank you. Very cute. Oh my Although, god. Although like basil and stuff was getting buried. In all the weeds. I was going to say, that that basil looks gorgeous. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, everything in that yeah. garden is doing so well, but it's just such a huge garden, so there's just so many weeds. Anyway, are you hydrated? Well, yes, in addition to the copious amounts of coffee that I've had this morning, I've also had a full water bottle, so... Very good. Great <laughs> yeah, start. Great yeah. start. I've already peed, like, three times today. Oh, damn. Wow. I'm running behind. Hydrated guy. Yes. I think I've had, like, I've probably had one full water bottle. Okay. And two cups of coffee. So, with ice in it. Ruben! Time to be a jerk. Water bottle. Ding dong. All right. (laughs) Ooh. Do you want me to tell you the weird uh, numerology realization I had the other day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm wondering if I need, like, a visual aid for this. Perhaps a prop would help me tell this. (laughs) I mean, yes. Here, let me try something. Let's see. Here's something I've never tried before. If you get motion sick, don't look at the camera. Whoops. Oh, the cord isn't long enough. Oh, this sucks. Okay, that's all right. Ruben, what do you want? What do you want from me? (laughs) Wow, I would text Nick to tell him to take the dog outside, but uh, his phone is. Right there. (laughs) I hate that. I hate when that happens. Okay, this works. Perfect. Okay. Lovely. Okay, so... How did I want to start this? I guess let's start start with both of our birthdays. So... I gotta turn this. Okay. So, 5, 13, and 9, 27. Mm Mm-hmm. And both of these are 94. Oh. So... Nine plus four. Yep. Equals thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh what else? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Five plus thirteen equals nine. Here's another nine. How old am I this year also, by the way? And you this year. Yes. Uh what is my apartment number? Oh yes. Here's another twenty seven. Uh what else? I'm missing a few. Well, two plus seven equals nine. Oh, so yes, there's thank another you. nine like that. Yep. Um, yeah. So here's nine, 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 thirteens. So nines, thirteens, and twenty-sevens is, like, a big theme. I just, like, thought that was, like, really cool. I'm definitely missing a couple. Fuck. I wrote this out to somebody. Let me see which ones I'm missing. Oh, your house number? Yeah. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen. Wow. That's another one. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) 
Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that. That was incredible. Oh, God, that sucks. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> How long? Well, what are you What are you at for time? 15 minutes. Okay. I lost like two minutes. So it was probably oh, just okay. me explaining that, which honestly, I'm okay with not sharing that. I just wanted to show you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Whoops. That's okay. I'll fight with it later. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. It must have happened when I was shifting all of my miscellaneous items. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Anyway. Man, now I'm gonna start, like, thinking about other things. Mm-hmm. That's how it started for me. I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> think about a bunch of stuff. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, damn, this is, like, my own personal hell year. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> you're, like, sitting there, and you're, like, <laughs> writing down miscellaneous numbers. Oh, another one, another three, another two, another nine. And everyone's like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Just like, it's just numbers, man. Just numbers, man. Well. Well, on that note, do you want to talk about some weird shit? Always. Or I guess hear about some weird shit? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm okay with both. Great. Okay. So, today, I'm going to be talking about Norwich State Hospital for the Insane. Ooh. Which, once again, thank you to my husband for coming up with this idea for me. Nice. Um, so it's a, or it was a psychiatric hospital located in Preston and Norwich, Connecticut. It's so big, it is actually, yes, in two towns. Oh. It opened its doors in 1904 and remained in operation until 1996. So it was in business for about 80 years, 90 years, 90 years. Okay, so when it first opened, I haven't talked about this before, have I? Am I an idiot? No, you definitely have not talked about this before. I definitely have not. This just this story just has a lot of similarities with, um, I guess, other psychiatric hospitals that we've talked about. Yeah, it's just very strange. There's a theme. Th- there's definitely a trend. Yes. Oh, oh no, I was thinking of uh, the one in Kentucky. Um, oh, Waverly Hills. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarities between this and Waverly Hills. Mm. Now that now that uh, I have actually made that connection in my brain. Okay. So <laughs> Connecticut, not Kentucky. Okay. So when the f- hospital first opened, um, it was intended to house 95 patients in a single building. The facility obviously very quickly outgrew its um, single building, like most psychiatric hospitals during that era, era, uh, era, <laughs> because people were just sent to the the fucking psychiatric hospital for fucking everything. Yes. Um. So by with so within a year, it held a hundred and fifty one patients. And had already started construction on two additional buildings. Soon after that, all of the patients were moved out of the original building, and that became administrative offices. In 1907, a third building was opened. And over the next eight years, uh, 13 additional structures uh, were added to the grounds. Also, this is like, uh, it's like 70 acres of land. Oh, my God. So this is a very large piece of uh, land. 
So the hospital went beyond creating housing intended only for patients, but also started to create uh, housing for, like, the doctors that worked there. They built, like, a separate lab area. They built um, an employees club. Ooh. Ah. A separate kitchen and various other structures to support the everyday workings of a hospital. (laughs) And like most mental hospitals at the time, it was, like, self-sufficient. So there was, you know, a barn, garages, paint shops, greenhouses. And by the end of the 1930s, over 20 buildings had been added to the grounds. Damn. So this place is so fucking large. Yeah, I think I need to look up, like, a picture while you're talking Um, about this. I do have... Well, you can you can just uh, look it up at Nor. I like looked up uh, Norwich Insane Asylum, but there's like a pretty good view of the grounds, mm-hmm. and it's very weird because it looks well in terms of architecture and like layout. It reminds me a lot of my high school. Yeah, this looks like a lot of. It looks like a lot of buildings in New England, like big buildings like that. Yeah, yep. and I, I assume it's very common architecture for the early 1900s, which makes sense. Yeah, I was uh, I was also, this is like random side note, I uh, drove mm-hmm. by Fairhaven High School. I don't know if you mm-hmm. like have a, a browser open or anything, mm-hmm. but if you look up Fairhaven High School in Massachusetts, it's wild looking. Wow, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wow. wow but yeah it's just like it looks crazy like that like they have an old theater in there like i don't know when what this building fuck, was bu- was built but like this building looks crazy and i guess it's like still their high school Holy but shit. but they they definitely added like a yeah they added like a, a more modern building weird, you can like weird, see it in the weird. background but hold on let me see i wonder if there's a year it was built because now i'm like curious I gotta see. Um, built in 1905. Interesting. So when was when was Norwich Asylum built? 1904. Wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Fun. So early 1900s just New early England 1900s things. architecture, where everything just looks like a castle. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucking and, um, sick. Honestly. Like the the main building is like very creepy looking, but like. All of the buildings are, like, a little bit different, too. Yeah. So, that's very strange. There's one that's, like, very, like, almost brutalist. It's just, like, a cube. Yeah. 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 Yep. There's, like, a cube. <gasps> was A cube of the roof. Was there a bowling alley a cube in of this the place? There's, like, pictures of people bowling. That's hilarious. Um, oh, I see that. That might have been part of the recreational employee area. Ah, oh, I see. Oh, it does look like they're nurses. Yeah. It does look like, like a nurse's uniform. Huh. Wow. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here's the here's a picture of it. Oh, my God. Yeah, this place is wild. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> How to rehydrate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this place is wild. So, as an identification system, each building was originally assigned a letter name. The original campus had ward buildings grouped in pairs and designated north for female patients and south for male patients. So they split the buildings into male and female. Hmm. And then around 1940, each building was actually given a name in honor of 
the founding superintendents of the American Psychiatric Association. So they all got names. In 1960, there was a new medical surgical facility that was built. It became the largest building on the property, and it was built up like a hospital. It reflected a then-modern belief that a mental illness could be treated biologically on a short-term stay. Oof. Oh, Therefore, no. reducing the need for long-term care. Um, Uh-oh, I see where this is going. It's time to poke at your brain. Yeah, exactly. There's a research center built perpendicular to that uh, center to facilitate the discovery of new treatment techniques. Mm. So, fun. I don't know what that means, but... Mm. So, the number of patients and employees began to decrease, and when a new structure was built, an older one would be closed in its place. So, they started, like trading out buildings basically every time they updated them um interesting and by the early 70s only seven of the original buildings were still in use and the others were either storage or completely abandoned man and then as the process of deinstitutionalization that's a big word um progressed there was a new law that required all patients cases to be to be reviewed every two years. This, along with threats from strike, threat of strike from the union, led to the hospital vacating many more of its buildings in 1979. By the time the hospital closed in 1996, only a fraction of the campus was still operating. All patients were now housed in the Kettle Building, which was that building built in 1960 the medical surgical facility. Mm-hmm. And they also uh, housed a lot of geriatric patients. Another building continued to house a treatment center for chemical dependency. And the other buildings still in use up to closer- closure were administration buildings, uh, the chapel, utility buildings, and the employee housing facilities. And due to the large number of structures and the hundreds of acres they stood on, oh, I think originally it was 400-something acres, so modern day, there's only 70 acres. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay, Um, that's wild. Yeah. So a lot of these buildings were connected by underground tunnels. Oh, fun. Which is great. The main purpose of these tunnels was like utility you know doctors going from Uh, one building to the other uh but maybe some uh transporting bodies huh yeah oh Mm. yes they were often used to transport patients from one area to another Mm -hmm. um do you have a body shoot in this place uh no no. oh uh not that i saw but i don't know not that we know of that not that we know Mm. of all right So yeah, it closed down in 1996, and all of its remaining patients were transferred to other hospitals, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Um, The hospital was listed on the National Register by, or in 1988, so that listing included 40 of the buildings and only 70 acres of land. So that is the protected site, what do you call it? Registered site? Yeah, yeah. That area. That area only. Its style of architecture is colonial revival and late gothic revival. So is late gothic revival the one that makes it look like a castle? I actually do not remember. 
But I do remember talking about colonial revival architecture previously. I don't remember in relation to what place. It might have been Waverly Hills, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking up an, uh, an example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is, yeah, this is so typical. When I hear colonial revival, I think, you know, big pillars in the front. It has, like, a pitched roof, but then there's windows up on the pitched roof. Um, Like, kind of like typical, like, think my parents' house, you know? Like, a typical colonial New England home. Yeah. Um, That's what I think of, and I think that's what that's talking about. Very good. Interesting. Yes. (laughs) So the whole district was uh, deemed historically significant due to its views on mental health treatment and stuff. But when the state hospital was closed in 96, the Department of Public Works became responsible for the property. And after several unsuccessful attempts to sell the property, in 2005, the DPW proposed the sale of 419 acres of the former hospital's campus to the town of Preston and 61 acres to the town of Norwich for $1. Oh, my God. Both towns were given three years to close the transfer of the property. So that was in 2005. In March 2009, the town of Preston purchased 390 acres of the property offered to them by the state. And in the spring of 2009, the Preston Redevelopment Agency was created to oversee the development of the newly acquired property. Yes. Okay. So basically, they tried to sell the land a few times to developers, but um, none of them have ever gone through. So the property has become known as the Preston River Walk and is considered uh, is being considered for a project by the town's parks and rep recreation department oh so they don't want to like build anything on it anymore they just kind of want to preserve it as parkland nice okay cool yes i was gonna say i don't know like what you would do with all of that unless you wanted to invest in like rehabilitating the buildings which i'm sure is not cheap So So, this is actually kind of sad. So although the state hospital is listed on both the state and National Historic Register as a place of architectural and historical significance, almost all of the buildings on the Preston side, so the town side that actually ended up buying the land, have been demolished except for three of the buildings. So on the 390 acres of land, they demolished every single building. Mm Mm-hmm. That sucks. And they, like, stripped all the roadways of asphalt and, like, you know, started getting the digging up of, like, the tunnels and things like that. They did weatherize the administration buildings to prevent further decay and will be saved for future development. So that's cool. They did save, like, the main administration building, which was the original building. Yeah. So... That's cool that they at least saved that one. Mm-hmm. But um, I I also imagine that a lot of the construction was done so quick that it wasn't done correctly or um, as well as it should have been done or could have been done. And I'm sure that contributed to the quick decay of yeah most of the buildings in that on the property. That also makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were just kind of rushing to add more buildings. Yeah, they're just like, we need more fucking 
buildings. Yes. All of that. So yeah, it's going to be developed into something. Okay. Well, that's Hmm. good, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's basically all the history about it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yes. It's so big. Like, I think that was just so funny. Anyways. Also, they're just like, oh, we just don't use that building anymore. Yeah, it's only been there for like 15 years. Yeah, yeah, we just don't use it anymore. No, it's fine. We just built a new one. Yeah. Well, you see, we built this other one and we liked the other one better. So we just kind of moved everyone to that one. We're not really doing anything with the. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh, also, we rushed to build this new one. It's not that much better than the other one, but it's got a bowling alley. So. (sighs) (laughs) Ah, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now we're going to get into the uh, cool stuff, which is about, of course, ghosts. So it was open for almost 100 years. Um, and obviously it was a facility to treat the mentally troubled Mm. as well as including, um, tuberculosis, uh, tuberculosis ward, uh, a lot of geriatric patients, like I mentioned before, obviously it was overcrowded, underfunded, there was a lot of abuse going on. Behind closed doors, between the patients, you know, Mm -hmm. people pretty much did what they wanted. So it opened in 1904, and the first documented case of a patient killing themselves was in 1914, and the patient hung himself in his room. Oof. And then, in 1919, so five years after that, a hot water heater exploded. Oh. And it killed two staff members. Oh, no. Fuck. Um, another employee was just, like, crossing the street and fucking got hit by a car and ki- was killed by that. Jesus. A nurse, like, committed suicide after her shift one day. Um, multi- like, tons of patients died during their sentences or while undergoing treatments. And a lot of them actually died shortly after release after a quote-unquote successful stay. Uh-huh. So when that weird doctor was pushing short-term care, as soon as the patients left his care, they just fucking killed themselves anyways because they weren't doing anything and they probably suffered some sort of abuse on the inside. I was going to say, I'm sure that there was, I mean, if they were doing like medical experiments on these people, I'm sure that there were, there was like, it was like they kind of poked around a little bit and probably irreparably damaged something but then said oh you look fine you're good and then just like let you go and meanwhile you're like internally bleeding and like literally dying from the inside yeah it's uh (laughs) fucking weird and also (sighs) what was i gonna say oh that guy was specifically trying to promote physical treatment for mental illness and Uh this was you know lobotomy season so I'm sure that was also a thing that happened a lot. But supposedly the most uh, haunted building is Salmon Hall, which oh. is a which which was the maximum security facility there. Oh. So they did house the criminally insane as well as the regular insane people. Oh. So that's very fun. So that building was basically just a prison. 
They got like bars on the windows and guards and steel doors. Yep. Yeah. So it saw a, saw a lot of unfortunate things, but it did shut down in 1971. So by 71, they decided that they couldn't use the weird prison anymore. Yeah. They were like, I don't think we know what we're about to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then according to like patient reports, there's a lot of things been published through the years. Um, so there's a lot of cruelty inflicted by the staff, including beatings, starving, sexual abuse, overly harsh restraints, prolonged confinements, and even the occasional patient being packed in ice. Ugh. This facility was not necessarily known for their um, <laughs> modern treatment for, like, mentally ill. You know, some some hospitals are like, oh, like, we opened this place with, like, we really want to help our patients and, like... They didn't care about that. Yeah, here's our <laughs> here's our like, research facility where, you know, we actually do the research that's required before we start doing things. Meanwhile, this is a place that just takes in people and they go, let's try this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Lobotomy season. Perfect. Lobotomy season. Oh, it's autumn again. Time to poke at brains. Mm. So, obviously, because so many fucking people died here there's a lot of horror stories and things like that ghost adventures went there Uh uh-huh whatever they've gone everywhere Um, where have they not been yeah um but it seems to be uh very like lush (laughs) with ghosts um there's a lot of reports of ghostly shapes disembodied voices foreboding feelings um a good amount of epa epas the Environmental EVPs. Protection Agency. Great. And then, of course, orbs and unexplained mists. Dust. <sighs> Fog. Dust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, they're, they've, um, staff have been seeing ghosts around the hospital as early as the 1930s. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, there's like a report of a nurse who would see like a little boy <laughs> running down the house, the hallways. Um, no thanks. Yeah, let me see. 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 Ah, yes. Not unpredicted. The tunnels produce a lot of activity down there. Mm-hmm. Very scary. And there's uh, reports of a woman sobbing. Ugh. So yeah. Just- disembodied sobbing also lots of activity in our favorite ones uh the lobotomy rooms i don't know if you saw like clicking through the pictures they like left some of the chairs and stuff like the operating chairs yeah in the rooms it's, oh like, really, yeah really fucking gross um and they they heal hear like um medical equipment beeping <sighs> the security guards <laughs> Which is very creepy. That is really creepy. Um, so that's fun. Also, lots of cold blasts of air mm-hmm. during, like, the middle of the summer. And shit like that. Oh, also, at its height, it held over 3,000 patients and 1,000 employees. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's super fucking haunted. Mm-hmm. I believe <laughs> um, that. It's also super duper closed to the public and there's like fences and no trespassing signs and it's constantly um, patrolled by security and they will ask you to leave if you try to go there. But um, 
if you're smarter than the security guards, there's people who have gone there. This is in Connecticut, though. I don't know if I'd want to fuck with that. In Connecticut, you will get shot. Yeah, there, there is that. like a group, a group of people um, who run the Forbidden Places website. Who's they're all about urban exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they got in there and like basically just spent the entire time in the tunnels, like walking between buildings, and you, there's like no chance of you even being sp- spotted by security. Yeah, if you get in, <laughs> like yeah, that's so true. That's fun, weird, but that's not gonna be something we are gonna go and check out. But maybe we can drive by sometime. I would totally drive by. And that's the Norwich State Hospital or the Norwich Insane Asylum. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. That was great. I've You're like welcome. heard uh, I've heard like bits and pieces about it because I feel like sometimes when mm-hmm. I like bring up to people in New England that I'm like into ghosts and weird stuff, I feel like sometimes they're like, "Oh, Norwich State Hospital." I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I did not know anything like about it until today. Wild. I'm like, have I'm uh, having a fucking <laughs> I'm having an argument about fucking bell peppers. Oh. Stupid. I have this argument, like, I don't know why it's so often on fucking Twitter, but not all quote-unquote green peppers are just unripe red peppers. Mm -hmm. That's, like, it's not a thing. There are specific, like, green bell peppers and red bell peppers, and it's not just, like, if you leave it on the fucking vine for too long, it changes color. Yeah. Like, no, they're, like, all different seeds. Stupid. Come on, people. Know your peps. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna link this person now. Copy. Bloop. Here, take this article. Get wrecked. All right, I'm gonna go pee really quick because yeah, I yeah, drank too yeah. much coffee. And then, okay. So, oh, yes. Put this over here. So for education today, I uh, decided to look up what the entourage effect was. If you remember us talking about an entourage of cannabinoids. A few episodes ago, um, it was basically just like a weird aside that was like thrown into an article that like I thought was funny. So I figured I would look up what that's all about. So we've kind of talked about the endocannabinoid system before. Yeah. And like how it works. But basically, in 1988, they discovered that your brain has cannabinoid receptors And there are molecules that interact with them called cannabinoids. And um, they are the most abundant type of neuroreceptor in your brain. So then two years after that, um, we discovered that there's a second kind of cannabinoid receptor, which is CB2. And they exist in your immune system and your nervous system. Those are the ones that go across all of like your major organs and... There's several different kinds of cannabinoids that your body naturally produces. So mm-hmm. your skin has CB1 and CB2 receptors, which is why you can get CBD like topicals like lotions and stuff that help with um, like pain and certain skin conditions and stuff like that. So that's very cool. Fun. That is fun. So after we discovered cannabinoid receptors, we discovered the endocannabinoid system, and we realized how widespread cannabinoids and and cannabinoid receptors are in your body. So yeah, so now we're like realizing that this is a whole entire system, and it affects your sleep cycle, your immune system, 
your metabolism, your appetite, your mood, pain, your memory, like it literally like affects your entire body. So the entourage effect is, um, it was discovered in 1999. And basically, they discovered a plant, a cannabis plant that had a whole bunch of different kinds of cannabinoids. And the effects were way more, uh, they were way stronger. And they worked better for like a wider variety of things. So basically, they named the act of all of these cannabinoids working together, the entourage effect. So basically, okay. when you have like THC, CBD, terpenes, like all of these individual things, like working together in your body, you'll feel it like your best, like you'll get the best effect from your cannabis. I think that's really funny. How it's just like, when you when you like have some really really good weed or you have like some like a really good edible that you really like that you bought from the store i don't freaking know and you just feel so 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 good it means that there's like the perfect mix of all these things happening there's like an entourage the entourage is coming at you another way to think about this is there are a lot of products now that have cbd and thc in it so mm-hmm. CBD helps to lessen a lot of the bad effects of THC. So like if you get really anxious or um, you get like paranoid when you, you know, smoke weed or something, if you have CBD, it helps to counteract that. So that's part of the entourage effect. And then terpenes are another part of that. So you have like... um, like your limonene and your like myrcene and what's the other oh pinene yeah all of your like terpenes that make your cannabis taste good and the way that terpene it's not even just like they make your weed taste good it's like they actually work with your cannabinoid receptors and they're part of why sativa and indica plant strains are like differentiated so, like, there's, there's like, a different way that terpenes can, like, interact with your body, depending on what strain it is. So that's part of the entourage effect. So it's, like, this whole thing. And then this article came from cbd-oil-canada.ca, and it includes some tips on how to get the entourage effect. <laughs> so oh. here you go. How's, here's how to get the full entourage of, I don't know. Weed. weed. All of the weed things. So the first one is you can use a full spectrum CBD product. And the difference between this and like CBD isolates is that there's a wider range of cannabinoids and terpenes in it. So you get more of that effect. Hmm. Also, uh, try not to just dismiss products that have a little bit of THC in it. Like if you have something that is a CBD product, but it has like a small amount of THC, don't just decide that that's necessarily not what you want, because it just means that it's a, a whole plant extract. So yeah. they're, they're not removing as much from the plant. And there's no such thing as zero THC cannabis in the first place. Like all, all cannabis has a little tiny bit of THC. It's just whether or not they have to report it and very, very low amounts of THC are completely safe, legal, you know? Yeah. So, so don't just, like, decide that it's not going to work just because it has, like, a little tiny bit of THC in it. Like, you'll probably be okay. It'll probably help even. Another tip that this says is to use a dryer vaporizer instead of smoking your cannabis. 
because mm. it maintains the terpenes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Another one is to explore different terpene profiles when you go to the dispensary. A lot of dispensaries actually organize their weed by terpene profile. And so you can actually go to the dispensary and say, hey, I really liked the strain I got last time. It was really like lemony. It kind of had like a little, you know, like evergreen taste to it. You know, you can yeah. do a little like tasting, go in and just, and I bet they'll have something and be like, oh, well, this one also smells lemony yeah. or something like that. Lemon Jeffrey. Lemon Jeffrey. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Um, oh, what's the one that I got? Ooh, I got I got one that's uh, Lemon Jack. It was like Jack Herrera and yeah. um, some other lemon thing. I haven't tried it yet, but I did get that. Nice. So yeah. And then the last one is to consult a trained medical marijuana professional. If you have a specific need that you want addressed, you can describe that to them and they'll most likely have something that will be well-balanced and give you the entourage effect. (laughs) So you got CBD, THC, terpenes, all your other stuff. It's like snapping down the alley at you, like West Side Story. (laughs) That's like what I I think of. Yeah, they're all working together. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, they're snapping medicine. Oh, God, they're snapping. Oh, God. And uh, that's all I got. Great. Thank you for teaching us about the entourage effect. You're welcome. That's pretty funny that they came up with that in 1999. Yeah. It's been around for Good a fun. while and I like Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to start like using that in everyday conversation. I don't know. This isn't really giving me the entourage effect. <laughs> oh my god. I need more terpenes to balance out my entourage. Yeah. Yeah. What percentage of THC is this? Oh, okay. All right. It's really giving me the entourage effect, you know. <laughs> yes. I do. <laughs> I do know now. Wow. Uh, Katie Webb posted something on Twitter. I think it was like last week or something um, about people who go into the dispensary and ask for the uh, strain with the highest THC percentage. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) And then I went into the dispensary and the person next to me who was uh, checking out was like, yeah, whichever one has the highest. And I was like, oh, no. It's not going to give you the entourage effect, man. You got to get the balance for the ideal effect. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well. All right. I got nothing else to say. The only other thing I have to say is if you liked our show, if you liked hearing us tell stories and talk about weed and stuff, you can go to our website. It's yourbrainonweird.com. And we have links to all of our social media, mostly Twitter. We also have a link to our Patreon if you want to donate to our Patreon to help us book trips to go ghost hunting and get equipment to go ghost hunting and so on and so forth to visit some sites and whatnot. Visit some sites. See some things. You can go there and you can get stickers and t-shirts and early access to episodes in return. It's pretty great for everyone involved, honestly. Yeah. If you don't want to subscribe to our Patreon, you can also just go and buy our merch. That also helps. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks for listening. I'm Sage. And I'm Sam. And this has been Your Brain on Weird. Your Brain on Weird. Your Brain on Weird.